You're listening to The Crash Pod, the only podcast about the new warriors from Marvel Comics. With your host, Thomas Lowe. You can find us at newwarriors.com or on iTunes. Hello and welcome back to the most sporadic and probably only podcast about the new warriors. So a couple things have happened in regards to new warriors. Probably the biggest news is that the new warriors is slated to appear on TV on uh, the Freeform channel. Uh, Before you get too excited, let's talk about the cast. First, the cast will be Squirrel Girl, who has actually never been a part of the New Warriors. She will be played by, I'm going to slaughter this name, Melina Vynetrub. Uh, basically, she's the AT&T girl. She's also on the show This Is Us. Callum Worthy landed the role as Speedball. Derek Theller is Mr. Immortal, who, as we know, has never been a part of the New Warriors. He's actually a part of the Great Lake Avengers, or whatever version of the team name that they're currently going by. Jeremy Tardy landed the role as Night Thrasher. And next up, we have Kate, I believe the last name is pronounced Comer. She landed the role of Debris. And last but not least, Matthew Moy of Two Broke Girls landed the role as Microbe. So as you can see, the role, while it does have Night Thrasher and Speedball for the more common New Warriors, it does include Microbe and Debris, and it also has Squirrel Girl and Mr. Immortal. So I don't think this is going to be your typical New Warrior story. I think it's going way more for the comedy feel. So I'm not sure what to think of that yet. I'm excited that the New Warriors will be appearing on TV. Uh, But my fear is that what's going to happen is they're going to start making new Warriors comics that are going to be over-the-top funny rather than the more serious stories that we normally see with the new Warriors. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Also in news of that, uh, Cloak & Dagger, there is a trailer for that. It's been out for couple weeks now. It's on newwarriors.com if you want to swing by there and look. Also, the breakdown that I have for the cast and crew that is going to be on the New Warriors show is also on newwarriors.com. So if you swing by there, you can read it all over there. Uh, Some other news. There was a Nova series that had both Sam Alexander and Rich Ryder. Uh, Finally brought both members back into one book. Unfortunately, the book only lasted until issue 7, I believe it was. So that series has come to an end. I guess with all that said, we'll just jump into the regular New Warriors podcast where I go over the issues of the New Warriors. Uh, Previously, I'd gone all the way up to issue 10 of volume 1. So with this one, we're going to start with issue number 11. So New Warriors number 11 begins with a alternate reality similar to the X-Men's Days of Future Past, where it's kind of a bleak future, the world is in ruins, nothing is good. It opens up with Vance, Firestar, and Cannibal, more famously known for New Mutants and X-Force before becoming a member of the X-Men. The three of them are attacked by this version, or this reality's version of the Avengers, which include members called Horus, Scepter, Captain Assyria, Nova, Storm, and Iron Man, and they work for the United States of Assyria. Nova shows some doubts about fighting these mutants, while the Avengers have no problem trying to go for the kill. For example, Storm grounds Cannonball with like a blast of wind, and Horus actually goes in for the kill before Wolverine actually shows up and stops him. Wolverine manages to provide a distraction so that the three of them can get away. However, similar to Days of Future Past in the X-Men, he's essentially incinerated, this time by Horus rather than a Sentinel. Nova sees where the three escape and go into the bunker, and he comes back to the Avengers and lies and 
basically says that he was blasted by Firestar and that gave him enough time to get away. The Avengers say, you know, they'll look for him later and go back to the base. And uh, when they get there, they go their separate ways. And Nova continues to ponder over his doubts about what he's doing if fighting with the Avengers is the right thing to do. Uh, because he notices that the mutants never go for the kill. They always try to basically do what they can to get away, but never try to kill. Whereas the Avengers, as I said, have no problem trying to kill these mutant rebels. When Nova arrives at home, he's greeted by his family, as well as a mysterious figure by the name of Sage, S-A-Y-G-E. Sage explains that everything about this world is a lie, and he asks Rich if he'd like to see the truth. The scene switches over to the Mutant Rebellion, where we see the likes of Beast, Cyclops, Polaris, Magneto, uh, looks like Eunice the Untouchable, Blob, Rogue, Sebastian Shaw, and Juggernaut. Vance explains that they got the information packet that they needed. The information explains how to bypass the mutant detection field that's around, and I'm going to probably mispronounce this name, because uh, I don't think it's actually a real word, but Makaman Island, M-A-Q-A-M-A-N, which is where the stronghold of the, of the uh, Sphinx is located. The scene goes back to Sage revealing the truth about the world. He explains that when Moses challenged a pharaoh and demanded that his people be free, Moses' staff, when he threw it down, turns into a snake, and the pharaoh's wizard does the same thing. But the wizard's staff... Uh, the snake version of it proves to be more powerful and Moses' snake is defeated and in the process Moses is actually slain. And then while working on a sandstone highway, a sandstorm basically uncovers the Temple of Ka leaving a sole survivor, a woman, who enters the temple and discovers the Ka stone. She took the Ka stone and returned it giving it to the wizard. The Ka stone turned him into the immortal sphinx that we all know and he took the woman as his wife and granted her through his presence immortality. During their rule, the First Great War breaks out. The Sphinx and Lady Sphinx try to manage everything. Years later, a Second Great War breaks out. And this is where the atomic bomb is dropped, killing millions of people. The Sphinx, by this time, is emotionally drained and worn out. So he removes the Ka stone and places it on the forehead of his wife, essentially ending his existence as his body crumbles to dust. Meanwhile, at the Taylor Foundation, Reed Richards is discovered to be the mole that is helping the uh, mutant rebellion. When, I'm going to pronounce it as Deer, uh, D-E-I-R, Deer Taylor catches him, uh, who in this reality is actually Dwayne's father. Deer agrees to actually help Reed. The final page of this issue shows Lady Sphinx standing there explaining that it's time for her to take control of the world with her cat at her side. So for this issue, let's do some trivia. In this reality... What is Vance Astrofix's superhero codename? You'll notice I didn't call him Marvel Boy or Justice or anything like that. His actual codename is revealed by Captain Assyria. I'll give you a chance to write it down, scribble it down with your number two pencil before I give the answer. I'll go to the next question, actually. Let's do that. Captain Assyria mentions that the mutants have traps. And that one of their members, one of the um, one of the Avengers members, perished previously, along with a shield unit. What was the name of their former comrade who had perished? Again, Captain Assyria mentions that the mutants have traps all around their bunker, and that one of the members of the Avengers perished previously, along with a shield unit. What was the name of their former comrade who perished? Next question. Who among the Avengers is Storm married to? Once again, who among these Avengers in this reality is Storm married to? 
That one's actually kind of easy. Next question. What is the name of the Avengers butler in this reality? Once again, in this reality, what is the name of the Avengers butler? And last question for trivia for this issue. Who was it that provided the Mutant Rebellion the information they needed? Once again, who was it that provided the Mutant Rebellion the information they needed? So let's go back up to the first question in which the trivia was, in this reality, what is Vance Astrovic's superhero codename? The answer is Marvel Man, as called by Captain Assyria. He's actually the one who calls Vance Marvel Man. And second question, Captain Assyria mentions that the mutants have traps all around their bunker and that one of the members of the Avengers had perished along with a shield unit what was the name of that former comrade who perished? That character is Assyrian Eagle. Uh, we actually never get to see what he looks like. We just know that that's his name. And then next question. Who among these Avengers in this reality is Storm married to? And that is Horus. And then next question. What is the name of the Avengers butler in this reality? That is Jamal. J-A-M-A-A-L. And last question for this one. Who was it that provided the Mutant Rebellion the information they needed? That was Sergeant Fury. So next issue is number 12, Forever Yesterday, Part 2, A Betrayal of Hope. The issue opens up with Cannonball, Juggernaut, Firestar, Marvel Man, Beast, and Sebastian Shaw. Uh, they're kind of in a tunnel. They arrive at the mutant field detection, and with the information provided from Reed and Sergeant Fury, they're able to disrupt the field for a few seconds. Only Juggernaut is not fast enough to make it through the field, and the field singes him to the point where he actually collapses on the ground. But he's okay. He survives the encounter, but he endures an immense amount of pain. Now, what I find is weird is that this is a mutant field detection. So I don't know if it's specifically meant to only detect and stop mutants, but what's odd is Juggernaut has never been considered a mutant, so I'm not entirely sure why this field harms him, other than the fact maybe it's just a force field that harms anyone who tries to pass it. Not just mutants, but maybe if mutants pass through, it gives some kind of signal. I don't know. It's not very clear. And then uh, Lady Sphinx has a conference with the Avengers when the notice comes out that the mutants have infiltrated the island. She calls the, the Avengers to put a stop to the rebels. During this time, Iron Man is carrying Captain Assyria and explains that he believes that Lady Sphinx may be losing her focus on what is right and wrong. Back at Nova's place, he gets a call from the Avengers about the mutant rebellion and is about to respond when Sage explains that he may wish to wait and see the truth that's revealed before he makes his choice. Sage reveals the truth that the Pharaoh's wizard actually lost against Moses and was cast out of Egypt. And while roaming as a nomad, came across the Temple of Ka and the Ka Stone, which turned him into the Sphinx. Eventually tired of his immortal life, he challenges Galactus and lost, but Galactus plays a cruel joke on him and basically casts him back in time, forcing him to repeatedly live his own past over and over and over. Sage goes on to reveal that after finding the costume, Sphinx had collapsed, unable to handle the energy that was being put out from the costume, and is found by a woman, the same woman who in this reality had become Lady Sphinx. 
who had actually nursed him back to health. During that time, while he was sick and she was nursing him, she had actually fell in love with him. But once healthy, he simply left her, not a care in the world. When she died, she discovered that she was reborn with all of her memories, this time as a young boy. She continued to live and die and be reborn time and time again, until one day she ended up as Pharaoh's wife. But she continued to live, die, and be reborn, hoping to one day be reunited with the one man that she first fell in love with, and that is the Sphinx. She returned to the burial of the pharaoh's wife, where the, uh, the scepter of Ka was buried. She uses it to basically try to align herself with the constone, but unknowingly in doing so, alters the very fabric of reality, creating the one that they were living in now. The scene shifts over to Magneto and Emma Frost traveling to Atlantis to speak with Namor and Namorita, who in this reality is blue-skinned with dark hair, as is Namor. Namor agrees to help Magneto and their naval fleet when they make their final attack. Back at the Taylor Foundation, Lady Sphinx's guards burst in, gunning down Deer, Reed, uh, Reed and Sue's uh, son Franklin, their daughter Alicia, and Dwayne's mother Claire, with Dwayne being the only survivor to escape the slaughter. Back at the Makaman Island Generators, the MLF find themselves attacked by the Avengers. Nova slams into Marvel Man and apologizes to Vance, calling him by his real name. And when questioned how he knows this, Nova explains that he's not sure how he knew Vance's name, it just popped into his head. Vance pleads with Nova to help them, and Nova finally agrees to do so. When Horus and Iron Man go after Nova, Nova cuts loose, surprised by the amount of power he's able to unleash. The MLF destroy the generator, which allows the rest of their team to join in the attack against Lady Sphinx, which includes mutants such as Scalp Hunter, uh, Blockbuster, Blob, Polaris, Havoc, Sabretooth, but it also includes several non-mutants such as Vision, Gargoyle, Sandman, and Necra, so it seems like the mutant detection field may just hold any person back, not just mutants, so I'm not sure why they call it the mutant detection field. Uh, the final page of this issue shows a giant-sized Lady Sphinx showing up at the generator that's all destroyed, ready to confront the MLF. So for this issue, there is only one trivia question. Uh, there wasn't a lot in here that was kind of hidden and like a little hard to remember facts. So in this issue, what does the MLF stand for? Once again, in this issue or in this reality, what does MLF stand for? All right, here it goes. The MLF in this reality stands for the Mutant Liberation Force, per the intro of this issue. However, Lady Sphinx, in this very same issue, calls the MLF the Mutant Liberation Front, which is actually the team name for the MLF in the regular Marvel Universe. So I believe this was an error, uh, and that it is indeed meant to be the Mutant Liberation Force in this reality, and then... When they wrote Lady Sphinx's part later, they called it the Mutant Liberation Front, probably because that's what the actual name is in the regular Marvel Universe, and they just didn't catch it. All right, issue number 13, New Warriors number 13, Forever Yesterday, part three, A World for Winning. This issue opens up with the MLF fighting against a giant-sized Lady Sphinx, and she's causing massive casualties left and right, with very little effort. Marvel Man is able to use his TK to basically cause a <laughs> a uh, uppercut of uh, avalanche stones hitting her up in the face, knocking her back and off balance. 
though he is caught in that same avalanche of stone. Nova helps dig him out while uh, Firestar is trying to find him. Uh, and that's when Sage appears during the battle and explains to Firestar, Marvel Man, and Nova that the only way to truly defeat Lady Sphinx is to make her uh, basically release, uh, relinquish her hold on this reality by showing her the truth. Uh, elsewhere, Dwayne Taylor infiltrates the Chrysler building, which is the home of Lady Sphinx. Uh, once he's inside, he dons on the armor he found, which happens to be the same armor as the Night Thrasher armor, and begins taking down Sphinx's elite guards. Now, he's seen here, like, panting and, like, basically surprised that the armor uh, is able to withstand bullets. So it's not like he's been using this armor. So he's this is something he's clearly just found and just discovered. It's not like the experienced Night Thrasher that you would expect to see. This is a, a young Dwayne Taylor who's very innocent. Uh, Dwayne enters the communication room and sees the news feeds happening around the world and how everything seems to be falling apart. When Dwayne or Night Thrasher sees the cat, he realizes this is the last thing that has any sort of connection to the male version of Sphinx and that he can use this cat to strike back at her the way she had done by having his family killed. At that moment, Lady Sphinx becomes distracted, realizing someone is in her home. The MLF take advantage and start pummeling her, but she teleports away. Nova, Vance, and Firestar and Sage all see these energy signatures surge from her home, and Vance, Firestar, and Nova realize that they have to take the fight there to put an end to this alternate reality while the MLF continues to fight off the Avengers. Uh, Firestar, Vance, and Nova arrive just in time to save Dwayne from being incinerated by Lady Sphinx. Nova asks what Dwayne had done to make her so mad, and Dwayne explains that he wanted to hurt the cat to get back at what she had done to his family. Nova realizes this must be the key and grabs the cat and commands Lady Sphinx to take a physical form or he will kill the cat. Just then, Sage appears and Lady Sphinx attempts to kill him and fails. Because as Nova says, you cannot kill the truth. Sage goes on to show Lady Sphinx the truth and she essentially buckles over, asking only for the cat and that she will restore reality. She does so, keeps her word, and with reality restored, the cat ages and dies in her hands. Lady Sphinx leaves, swearing one day to extract revenge on the new warriors. And that's how that issue ends. Trivia for this issue. On the communication screen, what three X-Men are clearly seen on one screen? So in the communication room that Dwayne first enters, what three X-Men can clearly be seen on one of the screens? Next question. Why does Night Thrasher, or Dwayne, realize that the cat is the last thing that's connected to the Sphinx? There's a reason. He puts two and two together when he sees something. So what is it that Dwayne sees or realizes as to why the cat is the last thing that is connected to the male version of the Sphinx? Next question. This one might be kind of easy. Who is it that Robbie Baldwin says he wishes he could bounce like? Once again, who is it that Robbie Baldwin says he wishes he could bounce like? I'll give you a clue. He sees someone bouncing and says, I wish I could bounce like that. And last question. This is one of the super obscure questions that uh, I'll be surprised if anyone knows. What is the first name of Robbie's friend that he has seen playing football with? Once again, what is the first name? of Robbie's friend that he is seen playing football with.
All right, so we'll go back to the top of the trivia questions. On the communication screen, when Dwayne first enters, what three X-Men can clearly be seen on one of the screens? Those three X-Men would be Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Banshee. Next question. Why does Dwayne realize that the cat is the last thing that is connected to the male Sphinx? There's actually a painting in the hallway that shows Lady Sphinx holding the cat with the Sphinx uh, in the painting with her. And that's what he actually realizes when he thinks about it later, that the cat is the connection. Next question. Who is it that Robbie Baldwin says he wishes he could bounce like? The answer is the Hulk. The Hulk is seen flying through the sky and bouncing several times right by Robbie and his friend that he's playing football with. Uh, he had been Hulk had been punted away by Lady Sphinx and bounces several times in front of Robbie, several hundred miles away from the actual scene of the battle. And the last question, what is the first name of Robbie's friend that he is seen playing football with? And that, my friends, is Dave. All right, uh, that does it for the issue synopsis. Uh, the only thing I have to add uh, ties sort of back with the the um, news about the new Warriors uh, appearing on TV. So I had the Facebook page that was Facebook forward slash new Warriors, all one word. Uh, one day, shortly after the announcement of the TV show, my my Facebook page that I had for the New Warriors was suddenly gone. It was replaced by uh, a holder for the TV show. I was never notified that the URL that the uh, the page was being taken over. Um, all the content that I had on there is completely gone. Everything's gone. All the users are gone. All the uh, posts, all the links, all the pictures, all of it gone. And uh, I'd contacted Facebook and said, hey, listen, you know, I, I ran this page for the New Warriors. Uh, is there any way to restore it? Anything like that? Humana, 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 whatever. I don't know what happened. I don't know why I was taken over. I was never notified, never contacted. And nothing from Facebook. Uh, like two weeks later, after I had submitted that ticket, Facebook essentially closed the ticket and said, how do you rate our thing? And they actually never contacted me, never answered why the page was taken or if I could get some kind of import uh, from a previous, you know, session of that imported into a new page. So what I've done uh, is I've created a new Facebook page for the New Warriors. It's now facebook.com forward slash New Warriors, D-O-T-C-O-M. So it's newwarriors.com all spelled out. Uh, so if you've not liked the page, um, just go to newwarriors.com. You'll see a link to the new Facebook page. Uh, on NewWarriors.com, there is a uh, article that I wrote about what I believe happened when the uh, show took it over. All of it really not important as to the why. Basically, I've been rebuilding the page. I'm trying to get all the users back. Uh, it's a slow climb. I had something like 600 people on there at one time, and now I'm down to like 65 uh, as of right now, I believe. So if you've not liked the page, please go to NewWarriors.com, click on the Facebook page link, and like the page or tell others to enjoy it and click it and like it. If you enjoy this podcast, if you've had fun with these little things, please let me know what parts you like, what you don't like. Uh, swing by the New Warriors uh, webpage at newwarriors.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. It's all linked on the newwarriors.com page. 
I love talking about the new warriors, obviously, or else I would not have this page for as many years as I have. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast all by myself now um, due to uh, Corey and Doug. They're unable to do this anymore. So it's just my thing. And it's very sporadic now. It's it's whenever I have time. I have so many projects that I'm doing at this same time. So uh, the new warriors crash pod is one that I just try to do when I can. I try to make the best of it. I hope that people still enjoy it. I apologize that it is indeed sporadic. Uh, anyway, that's all. Like I said, swing by newwarriors.com, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, tell other people about us. Thanks, and have a good night. You're listening to The Crash Pod, the only podcast about the new warriors from Marvel Comics, with your host, Thomas Logue. You can find us at newwarriors.com or on iTunes. Be sure to like our page on Facebook, which is now facebook.com forward slash newwarriors.com, so it spells out newwarriors.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash new underscore warriors. Be sure to check out Corey Blake's New Warriors page at newwarriors.wordpress.com for an amazing collection of New Warriors history. Also check out Doug Smith's Nova Prime page at novaprimepage.com. This site has an amazing amount of information about Nova, including Rich Rider, Sam Alexander, or anything and everything that has ever happened in the Nova series. The Nova Prime page even has the honor of appearing in an issue of the Nova comic itself.